Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. All right, here we go. Thank you so much for Sheila and uh, Belinda. And welcome, everybody. This is Belin Shah welcoming you on July the 28th, 2023, to be part of Isle of Braille, which is an event sponsored by the East Bay Center for the Blind and supported by American Council of the Blind. I'm your facilitator, and today, as you know, the third Thursday, which is devoted to a pole star of the month. A pole star is normally one of the participants who shares her or his story about learning and using Braille. As you are all aware, this webinar is entirely dedicated to Braille-related issues, and we talk Braille. We love Braille, and that's how we are here. Well, friends, oftentimes, by listening to others, we get a chance to compare ourselves under what conditions, what situations we happen to learn Braille, whether we should have learned it earlier or we learned it on time, and how Braille has been an effective tool in our career development, in our day-to-day -day life, in our community living, and how it helped or it's been helping to communicate with our friends and relatives and others. So today's poll star is Jewel Casper, and Jewel missed us last month due to some situation, but I'm glad that she is back and she is here to share her story. And in the meantime, my computer has been constantly telling me in my ears as a new participant joins. So now we have participants from India, Brazil, South Africa, and of course, other countries as well as the United States. So welcome everybody once again. It's your Willie Shah, your facilitator, and I would like to hear Jewel Casper. Now, Jewel, did I say your last name okay? It's actually Gaspard uh, with a okay. G. G-A-S-P-A-R-D. Right. It's French. Okay, I'm glad you corrected me. It's and, okay. You know, among uh, several people, sometimes I happen to forget the exact spelling. All right, well, so that's what Jewel is. Go ahead, Jewel. That's actually one that a lot of people spell wrong. So, like, even when my dad was in the Navy, they just called him Gus because they were like, we're not dealing with that last name. So, <laughs> okay, so I'm not the only one. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, carry on. So, um, a little bit about me. I grew up in the country. Um, and my dad was Navy, as I mentioned. Um, he really raised me to believe that I could do pretty much anything as long as I took the time to learn it and, you know, put some effort into it. If I was passionate about it, I put some effort into it. 
took the time to learn it, I could do pretty much anything. And I kind of, you know, went through life with that idea. Um, and it really helped me with Braille as well. Um, so I was a nanny for years and went while I was a nanny, um, because of conditions that were not, that were pretty toxic. Um, somebody did put drain cleaner in my eyes and I lost my vision. Um, glaucoma, cataracts, uh, corneal meltdown, lost one eye, um, pretty severe corneal, uh, scarring. So it's, it's permanent. They, they, Uh oh, for some reason we lost Jewel, and thanks to the technology, it tells me, or it maybe it tells everybody that Jewel has left the meeting. And I know that she hasn't actually left, but she got disconnected. All right, so let's see if she can come back. Um, All right. So, well, in the meantime, um, I may share a little bit about myself. You know, I lost my vision at age three. So I was a small child and uh, it was due to measles, which is very rare. One among a million uh, loses sight because of measles. And I'm one of them. Well, actually, um, when I got measles, my eyes were closed. And uh, we used to have a doctor coming home at that time, of course. And uh doctor would wash my eyes and try to open. But it didn't open for a week. And ultimately, when he succeeded to clear the whatever you call you know the extra substance and open the eyes there was no vision left so that was a big shock to my parents because all other siblings that i had everybody was able to see well and here i was not able to see but fortunately i was raised well and given every opportunity to be as independent as possible and as part of that i was sent out or i was allowed to go to a residential school for the blind where i learned braille and since then i've been using braille so i think i started learning braille at age eight but my education started first with braille and then actual education all right, so let's see if Julie's back. Why don't we do one more thing? Okay, that's uh, now that we lost Jewel. Okay. Um, if anybody would like to know a little more about uh, my braille education or something like that uh, you can raise your hand and we have our host sheila she will announce your name and you can ask a question now i'm not trying to it's called aggrandize that is i'm not trying to make myself great 
But if you are interested and if you would like to know more, uh, for many of you probably, uh, my accent might tell, but I'm originally from India and uh, I have all my education in India. So I'm blessed to be able to teach Americans. That's what I do. All right. Any question? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I was wondering, like, like your, um, did your parents learn Braille as well? Or did, um, did you, did just, just you learn it or, and did your siblings express any interest in it? Like, so they could help you? That's a good question. You know, two things. Uh, I mean, the immediate answer to your question, Beth, is no, my parents did not. But the second part of the story is that I was sent out to a residential school, which was away right. from the town I lived. And the school took care of everything, providing all uh, um, books in Braille. So, mm -hmm. and... Uh, I'm not bragging, but I was pretty quick in learning <laughs> Braille. So yeah. my teachers were very happy, and they immediately started my, what they used to call in, in the system where I was, it's kind of, they used to call it primer, which is uh, something before actual first grade. Right. And they gave me to uh, read, and I started reading because they already taught me Braille, so I was able to read. Right. And it worked. So, okay. Yeah. 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 Because um, contractions were hard for my mom to learn. She started, but once it yeah. got to contractions, yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Because you know another thing is, is yeah, you're right, Beth. Uh, you know, parents have other things to do. Right. You know, uh, they have to bring money home and uh, provide mm -hmm. food and take care of other siblings. They really have a hard time learning Braille, and that's not something they need. Unless, other than that, they want to help their child. Yeah. So it's a great idea yeah. if parents can learn, but it's definitely an extra uh, effort and time on parts of the parents. Yeah, they have to. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they're <clears throat> too busy teaching other things. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense. Okay. Yeah, it does. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Beth. <laughs> Let's see. Do we have anybody else asking oh, yes, a question? You sure do. Okay. Dawn. Dawn, Dawn Bill Putsch. Yes, Dawn. Um, I am interested in hearing more about your story. And also, I'm, I don't have Jules' phone number, but I do have her email um, because um, she reached out to me about something in the past. So I'm going to send her a quick email, just, you know, kind of. Hey, tech gremlins have invaded your technology and I think kicked you off without you realizing it. Okay, so who you said you're going to send an email to? Jewel. Uh huh. Okay. Jewel yeah, 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 yeah. Please try because we don't know how we lost her. I don't yeah. either. That would be great. Appreciate it. Okay. You're welcome. All right, Terry. All right. Who is next? Terry. It is me, Terry. Yes, okay. Terry Nettles. Yes. Yes. Okay. So mm -hmm. it's a two-part. It's a two-part question. Okay. First of all, um, did 
do they did they have contracted braille and um the second part of the question is what did you learn to write on was it slate and stylus or the brailler all right i will answer your second question first how about that sounds good <laughs> okay i i learned braille uh, i mean i i it, I was writing using a board slate. Oh, yeah. What, what do you call it? Bo board slate? Yeah, the board slate. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Th that's okay. the one I was using. So there were two lines on the chip, we called you know, the actual slate. Oh, uh, wow. Not four. Okay. Not four. No. Okay. And mm. uh, you place it at the top of the paper. And then when you are done with two lines, you move it uh, down by one yes. level. You know how that works, yes. correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, that may be something new for many of the participants here. And I'll be happy to say more if there is any question about that. But yeah, that that's the kind of thing I was given at the school, a board slate uh, with a pen, uh, stylus. We used to call pen, of course. <laughs> <But> mm -hmm. <laughs> that's okay, stylus. Yeah, okay. Now, answering your first question is little more interesting and it opens up to a different set settings and uh, a, another setup uh, i was taught braille in my language and at that time there was no contracted braille for the language that i learned in so my first exposure to english language was at the age of 14 and that's when i learned how to write English alphabet in Braille. And one day, this is something more interesting, uh, because, you know, English was just not the medium of instruction where I was, you know, the school I was going to. But at age 14, that is when I was in the sixth grade, I started learning English, and I had no idea no idea what contracted braille was but one day somebody gave me a small booklet that listed all contractions and abbreviations i was so excited i first read it out and then i started memorizing and it took me i don't know maybe two days or probably three days to memorize all contractions and abbreviations so that's something interesting. I, that's how I learned contracted Braille. Can you give us one example of a letter that would be in the language that you were raised up in and, and how it was formed in Braille? And then that's my last sure. question. <laughs> sure. All right. Why not? Maybe that's a question in many people's mind, Terry. Okay. So to begin with, <clears throat> we have 48 letters in alphabet. Now, how to customize 26 alphabet into 48. So the people who customized uh, English Braille into Indian Braille, as I can call it, you know, uh, they adopted uh, to make it easy, a way to make it easy. And therefore, some of the letters are similar to English. Like K, and we don't say K, we say K. So K and K are same, but some of the letters do not exist in English. 
Okay. Like, uh, and, and this is something interesting too, like CH. Mm -hmm. How do you pronounce CH, Terry? Ch. Okay, wonderful. Ch. So we have a separate letter for Ch. We do not write two letters, C and H. In our language, we have its own uh, assignment or its, its own way to write Ch, to write Sh, SH. Mm -hmm. These are not combined or combination of two letters. These are independent letters. TH. CH, SH, GH. All right. So right. those are the letters that they had to customize. And again, uh, they use some of the English way of doing things like, uh, you know, and our, yeah, that's another thing, contracted Braille. You know, how you write CH in contracted Braille. Yeah. And that, that became CH in our language. And how you write SH, that became CH. So it's okay. still much derived. Does that help you? Yes. And the dots are still the same, correct? Yes. That's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. All Thank right. You're so you welcome. Sheila. All right. Next yeah. is Linda. All right. Hello, Linda. Hi, Valine. How are you doing? I am, I'm doing fine. Now, you were in India. So which yes. English system did you learn? Because you... You definitely learned it before <laughs> Unified English Braille. So oh, much before, Elinda, yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. To begin with, I learned British English because, you know, India was ruled by the British people. And uh -huh. uh, so when they left, the English spoken in India was more British. Now, of course... You know, if you take a broader view, there isn't much difference between British and American English. But to make it short, we didn't have anything called eBay, English Braille American Edition. We didn't have to do that. So we, you know, so for the AR contraction or EA contraction, we didn't have to follow uh, that sort of you know rule you now when we write ear i mean y-e-a-r i we used to do y and then ea sign and then the letter r we didn't mm -hmm. have to follow the other rule so that that's the kind of english i learned and then when i came to the united states i i was exposed to ebay i read out the entire uh, book on that and i came to know the differences and then of course when ueb was adopted in 2013, uh, I learned it. And in fact, I was one of the course designers that provided transition from eBay to UEB. I mean, I wasn't the only one, of course, but I was one of them. What is uh, the does, does it answer your question? No, what is the British system of pre-UEB called? English Braille B British edition? No, they, I don't think, you know, again, uh, I'm not sure what was going on in the UK, but we were just given anything. We, we always thought that this is the only way contracted English is written. You know, right. we did not know that it's called anything called British or anything right. like that. So there was no name to no. answer in simple words. Okay, thank Good? you. Okay, all Thanks. right. 
All right, Nora, let's no, see. Nora. Nora. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Um, my, hi. My question is, how come uh, you're going to learn to read Braille until you're like eight instead of learning around five or six? Uh, sorry, could you repeat your question? <laughs> um, how come you can, how come you cannot get to learn Braille until you turn eight instead of having to learn at five or six years of age? Oh, uh, okay. So instead of learning, uh, I mean, how come I, I started learning at age eight? Is that yeah, your question? Yeah, instead of yeah. Actually, there's a long, interesting story. I'm not sure how, how I can put it in the words that people can understand. But let okay. me try, okay? okay. Uh, let me try. <laughs> See, one thing, I was born in a small village, uh, you know, uh, with only 500 people. And uh, um, even for sighted people, there was only a grammar school, no high school, obviously, in a small village, you know. So, obviously, my parents did not know anything about special school for the blind. They had no clue. So, initially, I had a younger brother. And he started going to school at age six. That's when uh, we used to start going to school. And... Everything that he would learn at school will come and share with me, and then I would learn. I started learning how to write uh, using, uh, uh, you know, the, the how to write in print, and didn't work well. And of course, I could never read with whatever I write, so I would just write it and show it to my brother and say, "Did I write it okay? Did this look okay?" And he would correct me wherever it's wrong. But it was kind of crippled way of learning and I was so curious to learn. Now at that time my sister was much older to me and uh, was married to a bigger town you know. She came to know that there is something called blind school that's what they call it. <clears throat> and so she wrote a letter to my dad saying that there is something called Brian Blind School. Why don't you come to my home and I'll take you there and maybe uh, that's where Villeen can go and learn, you know. So that's how we came to know about a blind school when I was eight years old. And then, of course, my father went to uh, a couple of different blind schools that he learned about and then they put me to the school. It's a residential school. <laughs> okay. All right, Jewel, Thank where you. are you now? She Can has, you talk to she us? She has returned. Are you here? I am so sorry. Ah. I gave my whole presentation and then realized my phone had died. <laughs> well, <laughs> my goodness. I, I, I took your time. Okay. I heard that. I actually switched <laughs> over to media. And, um, and I my, started my <laughs> story, which is so different from normally <laughs> what happens to anyone here in the United States because I am, mm -hmm. I was not raised here, you know? Okay. Right. Hindi and British English, Let's, uh, definitely take, different. 
before okay. we we go back to jewels did uh, did we have any other ra- hand raised uh, sheila uh, you did um area code 573 ending in 440 you may unmute okay so jewel if you don't mind because we started a process and i would don't like to disappoint anybody no, so no don't mind yeah okay i'll just okay, quickly I'll answer quick. their questions yes rake Okay, I'll make it quick. Uh, yes, I went in yes. Braille when I was eight also. I was one of five and then six kids, and my mother taught herself Braille as she taught me, uh-huh. including the contractions with, with the help of um, a resource room teacher. So that was a pretty extraordinary thing for her to do. Oh, uh, great. Yes. I was interested in, in when and why did you come to the States? I'm sorry, is that your question? When and why did you come to the United States? Oh, when and why I came to the United States. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mentioned about my younger brother. Okay. Mm-hmm. Down the road, that brother became a doctor. And doc- doctors were needed here. So he applied. And he got immigration. So he he, he settled here in the United States. And then, according to the law of this land, a brother can apply for his siblings uh okay for the immigration so my younger brother who mm-hmm. was a doctor he settled and then when he became a citizen you become a citizen after 5 years of your stay if you came to this country as a lawful immigrant so okay. he took of course a little longer than that that's different but yeah after becoming a citizen you can apply and that's what he, he did so he applied for my immigration and i had to wait some 10 years but i did and then ultimately i got my immigration so i came to this country as a lawful immigrant now when did i come i came here in okay here's an interesting question by chance rick if you know what year did columbus come to america Well, 1492 was the first time. Terrific, terrific. Okay, 1492. Just 500 years later, I came. 1992. Okay. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's see. Okay. Thank you, Rick. Oh, glad, you, glad you're here. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're a welcome right. addition. Who's <laughs> next? Okay, User Luis, I had lowered your hand. I apologize. But you may unmute and ask your question. Okay, can you hear me? Divya has yes. a question, I think. Divya? Yeah, but Luis had his hand raised first. Oh, okay. Okay, sure. You're you're good. We can hear you. I am the first. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh yes. uh Willing, uh, yes. perhaps I, I didn't understand uh how is it possible to write a an Indian letter Uh, that uh, is not exist in english or in alphabet created by louis braille oh of course you know see uh, louis uh, we we know that there are 63 signs that you can do in braille yes, correct yes. okay 63. so okay. those signs which are not assigned to any letter and uh those signs can be used to write the la- letters ah, okay. that are in indian language 
okay so okay understand yeah, <laughs> thank like you that you know and for instance like your you know your contraction for and some of these contractions were customized to write the letters in our language ah okay so, now okay. it's clear yeah <laughs> thank All you right good All okay right. and right. who's next your last hand david yes yeah. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How good, are you? Good. I'm pretty good. Now you are ten so thousand just... miles away. Wonderful. <laughs> Go ahead. What's yeah, your question, so, Divya? Um, I was just curious to know um, whether you learned uh, Hindi or Gujarati, like the first language that you learned Braille in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now this is a question <laughs> that wouldn't make enough sense for many of our participants here. So <laughs> those who are listening, Divya is asking, what was the first language I learned? And she named the languages, which many of you do not know. Some of you might be. And uh, Hindi is a major language in India, but there are also other languages. So because my first language was Gujarati, and those who cannot remember the name, don't worry about that. But that's <laughs> the language I learned my Braille to write in Gujarati. And then the next language I learned was Hindi. Ultimately, I happened to learn six languages, but that's a different story. Right. Thank you, Divya. Wow, Saras. All right. I think <laughs> people you. are waiting to hear Jewel. Unless... You. Okay, Jewel. Let's go ahead. Okay. Can you tell me the last thing you heard? Because I have no idea where my phone died. And we have no idea. <laughs> Did Why you don't hear you any quickly repeat what you said? Because you were you were lost in about um, one minute. I can tell you that. Oh, goodness. Okay. Very early yeah, uh, Sorry. Like, uh, can I interrupt? Julie, yeah, you, sure, um, yeah. you, were, you were telling us how you lost your sight. Oh, oh okay. That's oh, I, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's well, another so thing. You Sometimes, you know, I'm busy with checking dad, participants then. and all. So I do not know what you said. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So you heard Welcome. the part, my dad, um, the, the little bit about my childhood. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. Um, now, now you will have to be a little brief, okay? Because yeah. much so, time is gone. Yeah. Yeah, I lost my sight when I was 23. It was an injury from drain cleaner put in my eyes. Um, very toxic conditions uh, it was unfortunate um learned that it was very it was definitely permanent there was nothing really they could do we tried different things um glaucoma cataracts corneal scarring my left eye had a corneal meltdown so it's gone um it you know i quickly realized that i'd have to make adjustments in my life and so i did order from the nfb the little booklet that has the alphabet in the front, all the contractions past that, and just started memorizing the alphabet um, using from teaching children, mainly drills, writing, reading, writing, reading, correcting, going back and forth, um, just memorizing. And um, everywhere I went, like on the bus, I'd like basically draw the letters with my fingers to drill myself. Um, so by the time I went to the rehab center in North Carolina, I knew all of the alphabet and many of the contractions. My Braille teacher said, we're not even going to start you with the letters. You know them by heart. 
we're not going to start with the basic contractions. We're going to test you on the contractions and the ones that you can't give me uh, well or quickly, then we will work on those. And there were about 10 or 12 contractions that I didn't give quickly enough or well enough um, that I hesitated with. So we worked on those. When I did get finished with those, we did basic drills on paragraphs and stuff, you know, the usual. But then there was lots of time left over. So she said, I don't need to use, really teach Braille math. So you're learning the math. You know, it challenged me. Um, when I went to college algebra class many years later, I was very grateful for having learned Nimeth because I often, using my full page slate, I often got the algebra equations done before many of my sighted students, uh, sighted peers. Um, so, you know, it was definitely a challenge worth doing. Um, as the years went by, I realized I want to be able to read Spanish because I speak um, and I learned that Spanish Braille really isn't that hard if you know Spanish. Um, it's basically uncontracted Braille with a few accent marks that are easily recognized through context if you know Spanish. So N-I accent mark N-O is, is obviously Nino because there's only one accent mark for N's. It was very easy to pick up. Um, but it was, you know, a little challenge for me to get back into Spanish. Um, I spoke French as a child because I'm Cajun. So then I was like, well, I'm going to learn the basics of French. Not very good at it, but also not very good at French. So um, I know as much Braille as I know French um, for French Braille. Uh, recently, I challenged myself to Braille music because I play recorder in Ocarina and I can't, I have tried to learn by ear, not good with it. I'm very appreciative of those who can, wish I could, I cannot. Um, so I taught myself basic Braille music enough to read recorder music and ocarina music. And, um, you know, the basic concept with that was going, this is not literary Braille. These are not letters. So, for example, one, two, three, four, five, many of you will know that in literary braille is a Q, but I had to go, that is not a Q, that is an F half note. Do not think of it as letters. Ignore the fact that it looks like a letter. Um, and that did help me later on when I also challenged myself to Japanese braille, which I'm starting to work on now. Um, as uh, Professor Shaw spoke to on Hindi Braille and um, foreign, um, you know, non-English Braille in general, that is non-Latin letters. Uh, there are some differences, but Japanese is definitely a huge challenge because there's, it's not, you know, unless it's Romanji, there is no Latin letters. So without going into huge detail on Japanese Braille, the top three, one, two, and four, are used for the vowel. The bottom three are used for the consonant. So um, dot one is A, and dot six is used for K. So a K-A, ka, would be one, six. Um, one, two is I, so one, two, six would be key. And it goes on from there. It's got its own pattern, completely different from English Braille. Um, but as my father taught me, you must always challenge yourself, but also if you put effort into it and you're passionate about it, you can always do it. You, there is no can't. If you want to do it and 
you put the effort into it, you can. There is no can't to that. It just takes time and patience and work. Um, so I'm always challenging myself, always striving to find new ways to improve. I found myself scrubbing early on. So I took the Hadley's, um, Hadley School for the Blind's uh, Tactile Readiness course and got myself out of scrubbing. I have, uh, I time myself occasionally to check my speed and go, you know, by this time in two months, I want to be a, just a tiny bit faster, an extra word per second or something. Um, and always striving to improve and grow and look at new ways to um, improve my Braille because it is such a huge part of my life. Um, two goals that I have right now are to continue Japanese Braille. Um, currently, I only know the katakana, which is the basic Japanese that many elementary students learn. Kanji is what most adults read. And kinkanji is the um, Braille version of that. It is a lot more complex. So that is a long-term goal. And also um, looking to not just read Braille music, but also read Braille music for singing, which is reading the music and the lyrics at the same time, which in the past I've ignored the notes, learned the notes by ear as much as I could and just read the lyrics. So now I'd like to learn to read both at the same time. But always striving to challenge, um, to grow, to improve. Um, I do also read some puzzles and knitting patterns, which are different challenges, to continue to grow and improve and add Braille into my life in new ways. Um, and I would just put that forth as um, something learned from my story is to always strive to find those little baby steps to improve all the time. There is no end to learning. If you find yourself stale, you know, in a, in a stall in your learning, think about what you can do that would be fun and also improve your Braille reading skills, your Braille writing skills. What can you, where else can you put Braille in your life? And that's what I would say. I'll pat, sit over for questions. Okay. So are you ready for the question answer? Yes. Okay. Thank you for sharing your story, Joe. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry I did not spell your name correct uh, okay. in, in my announcement as well. Okay. I should have checked. But anyway. All right. So questions. Please raise your hand for Jewel and ask your question. Olivia. Hi, Jewel. That was a wonderful presentation. Thank you. I have two brief questions for you. The first one, um, how are you learning Japanese Braille? And the second one is like, because um, I am a singer myself, but of course we here learn a different um, version of music. So it's different from the Western music. Mm -hmm. So I was... Um, wondering about how you would read the lyrics and the notations together like if they're on the same page or you would have to read like two pages or mm -hmm. so how, how do you do that <laughs> thank so, you yeah so the first question japanese braille um and this is something i've shared with ibrahim because he's learning another language um i have found 
that if voiceover reads it with a different language, it will translate to a Braille display in the correct code for that language. So I use Duolingo, which is a language learning app, and I turn off speech. So it only speaks, it's it's a recording, but the voiceover does not speak. It's only in Braille for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And it puts it in the proper code because it is properly coded on Duolingo for voiceover. So that's how I've been working on Japanese um, mainly, um, which is katakana. Uh, When I get to kanji, um, there are um, a lot of complications to that. Um, I've been looking for a way to get a book that um, has all the kanji. But currently, I'm mainly doing learning a little bit about it through like Wikipedia and resources that way. Um, there's, mm-hmm. I've been struggling to find resources on Braille kanji. Um, so I'm not quite there yet. Um, but the katakana is very easy to learn through Duolingo, um, especially since Duolingo with a language like Japanese, since it is non-Latin. If you're an English speaker, you have to learn the right. letters first. So right. the same for learning the Braille, you got to learn the Braille letters first. So that's where I started with that. Um, right. And that's also teaching me Japanese itself. So like, I didn't know. I didn't know what that meant before. Now I know that says <laughs> that means it's a big truck. And Jewel, for your information, Divya is great in using Duoling- Duolingo. <laughs> I'm yes, learning Spanish I, and Greek. So she can understand so much better than what I mean. <laughs> I, use, the menu, I, menu. I use a um, NLS e-reader. Um, great program. Mm-hmm. So if you have access to that, that is a wonderful device. And um, I just hooked it up to my phone and used the Duolingo app on my phone that way. Mm-hmm. Um, as for music, <laughs> uh, when you are looking at music with lyrics, the lyrics are below the line of music on the same page. So you'll have a line of music and a line of lyrics. Um, If the Mm -hmm. lyrics are longer than the music notes, the extra uh, lyrics will be below the first line of lyrics. Um, So the lyrics that go with the music are right below. Oh, and do you actually kind of get those uh, books or those papers ready or do you have to actually make them with the notations and be favorites it depends on the music some music is available for example through nls they do have a music collection um Mm -hmm. so some of the music is out there especially like christmas music um there's some recorder books and there's even an ocarina book um there's definitely piano books guitar um, oh, lovely! But there also are also braille transcriptionists who know braille music and can transcribe. And I have had some people doing that, um, not for me, but I've seen. I had a friend who was a choral, um, very passionate about choral, and was doing it uh, competitions and had a transcriber doing her braille music. Oh, so. wonderful! Thank you so yeah. much. Okay, great. We have four more. Four five hands up, so we'll move to next. Linda. Linda. Linda Pai. There Uh-oh. we are. No, I I, I find I finally found it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jewel, Jewel, what a how lucky you were to have a father who was so encouraging and taught you what was really, really important in life that you can do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy you had that. Your story about how you lost your sight is horrific. 
How old were you? And did you have any residual sight after that incident? I was 23. And I did have some vision for a couple of years. Um, by the time I went to the rehab center, it was almost entirely just light perception. I had a little bit of color vision. Um, mm-hmm. So I remember um, my husband at the time, boyfriend, and I would go into the craft store and I always liked seeing the neon shirts and going, oh, I can see those colors. Yes. You know, Yeah. So as time went by less and less, I could see them. But if he was wearing a bright orange shirt, I could go, I see that shirt. I like that shirt. Mm -hmm. Um, But now it's just light perception. So, but when I first lost my sight, um, I was very lucky. I was walking down the street, just learning cane travel. And a guy was walking as well and heard my cane and stopped to talk to me. And it was a veteran. And he had actually lost so much sight that he did have a a handheld CTCDB, one of those little rubies. And Mm -hmm. he was like, I can't use anymore. Would you like it? So for a while I did use that. And then I passed it on to my husband because Mm -hmm. my vision got too bad and he had low vision. And when it got too bad for him, he passed it on to somebody else. So it just kept giving and giving, giving. Oh, that's a great story. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mm -hmm. Linda. Jeannie. Who's next? Hello, Lynn. Uh, hello, um, Jewel and everyone. Um, mm-hmm. So my question is, just out of curiosity, are you still in North Carolina? And if not, if you don't mind sharing what part of the country you live in now. And also, I, 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 I agree, your story was horrendous. Did I understand you to say you were a teacher before you lost your vision? And if so, have you had an opportunity to do any teaching since then thank you um so i'm sorry what was your first question first question were you a teacher before you i think there was another question before that oh am i in north carolina no um about in 2020 my husband and i lost our housing due to um somebody with drug issues and it was shelter in place. We became homeless. Uh, we went around a lot. He passed away. And I am now in Kentucky, thanks to a wonderful friend who took me on to help with her house. Um, and before I lost my sight, I was actually a nanny, um, which is a type of teacher. But for children before school, um, I was working with two children, age four and two with special needs. Um, and I have had an opportunity to babysit since then. And I worked for about 10 years with a retreat for um, blind youth transitioning to college. So I have had opportunities to make use of my um, abilities to teach and uh, support children. Um, but I'm hoping to go forward more with the household management uh, rather than just children. Um, that is my goal going forward. Well, that's great. And you have an amazing story. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Who is next? Beth. Sheila? Beth, yes. Always ready to ask. Okay. That, yeah. That makes our show going, Beth. Yes, go huh? ahead. Feel free oh, to ask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. I'm just wondering, um, now, now, like, what... Uh, special needs do those uh, kids have? And um, now, are you going to get 
justice or did you try to get um like justice for free like those people who what did you say they threw that they poured that drink in your eyes or something um so what was the first i'm sorry memory um, issues uh, the first question uh i um are you gonna like yeah uh, what, 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 oh, oh, something about, um, yeah, I was going to ask what special needs do those kids oh, have? Yes. Um, when yeah. I worked as a nanny, it was mainly children on the autism spectrum. Um, oh, couple that had autism, one had PPD NOS, which is pervasive personality disorder, not otherwise specified means that some of those personality disorders, autism, um, is one of those, but didn't meet the qualification for any particular one um one child i worked with had chromes and um some mental health issues that went with that anxiety um that chromes can definitely cause anxiety and one child had um adhd and odd which is oppositional defiance disorder oh Um, wow yeah so definitely some interesting um work uh one family one of those families, the oldest was the one with the ADHD and ODD. The middle child had the Crohn's and anxiety. Oh, geez. A little bit wow. of depression from that. And the youngest had um, mild autism. <laughs> and so that was definitely a very challenging job. So um, but, so I bet like like play, did they like to play? I, I always had, oh, yes. had anxiety when teachers make me, made me play. I think because fine motor was difficult mm-hmm. and in, impatient they would get impatient but I think my next question was um did you get justice for was there justice oh so I am I'll be unfortunately honest with you when the police spoke to him he denied ever knowing me they did not follow through on it with a uh, criminal charge he has oh, done it geez. to somebody else sense that I know of I'm sure there are others and he is still out there so no oh there my. has been no justice and he has done it to others at least one yeah. other that I know for sure because I've spoken to her so yeah. yeah he's still out there um he brainwashes and and like gets people very confused about wh- what they want um I will be honest he made me and other people think that this is something they w- we wanted. He takes advantage of people who are very vulnerable and then he just drops them afterward. Um, he plays the part of a psychologist, um, even though he has lost, he lost his license over a decade ago. So oh this is a very dangerous person and he's still out there. What a jerk. Yeah. Yes, That's definitely. I- <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, it's well- very sad. Yeah, well, thank you. It's unfortunate that that had to happen, but, but yeah, but yeah, everything a lot of has to do that. And yeah. yeah, everything has a purpose, and you know, yeah, it has definitely. brought me to this community. So, gotta so the, see the silver lining in life. Yeah, yeah, and that's God. God allows those things for a reason. Exactly. So, yep. So, thank you. Yeah, your story was very interesting. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. And I Thank like you. I like your dad's attitude. So <laughs> yeah. My dad was my hero and teacher. So he was amazing. Oh, oh that's cool. for sure. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Beth. 
Okay, Helene, you have eight minutes. And Dorothy. Yes. yes. Now, unfortunately, I saw that Dorothy is not unmuted. So, Dorothy. I am unmuted. Oh, you I'm are. Unmuted. All right. Terrific. Go ahead. Um, yes. Hi, Jewel. Thank you so much for being with us today and allowing us to hear your, your uh, uh, story. It's a magnificent story, and I love your attitude. Uh, your brain is working really well, so kudos to you. Um, I wanted to ask you, because I missed it while ago. I'm sorry, I'm trying out two new hearing aids, and I still miss the word. Was what happened to you a chemical into the eyes? And yes. so what chemical? Um, it was a, an alkaline-based drain cleaner. So not just, a, not just like an acid it was an alkaline base, which means that it is not easy to wash out. They tried to wash it out, but alkaline actually um, changes the pH level in the eye, which does further damage. And it's a lot harder to uh, fix. And my pH level in my eye was very basic um, alkaline for, uh, I believe, a couple of weeks afterward. Okay, thank you so much, Jewel. Mm -hmm. um, I, I worked for the medical school in San Antonio ah. for 18 years. Mm -hmm. And so your story um, uh, feeds the need for me to hear other people's situations and medical yeah. issues. So thank you for sharing with us today, Jewel. God bless. Thank you. Perfect. Yes. And okay. then what we have? Nora. Nora. Nora iPad. Nora. Yeah, hi. <laughs> my my computer says Nora iPad. Yeah, Nora iPad with me. Okay. Uh, hi. Yes. Yeah, hi, everyone. Uh, my question is, uh, how many years ago did you learn Braille? Um, I learned very, I started learning Braille almost immediately. Um, once I returned home from um, the hospital, Mm -hmm. I immediately looked into finding a way and within a couple of weeks had the booklet um, mm -hmm. sent to me. Um, I think it took a couple more weeks to get it and then immediately started teaching myself the alphabet. Um, I was not fully fluent until about two and a half years later with the rehab teaching me the last of it. That's good. Thank you, for wonderful, mm -hmm. thank you for your wonderful presentation and your story is very interesting, and, and thank you. Thank you, and thank you for Great. coming. Great, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, okay Beth. No more hands? Yes, Beth has her hand raised. Beth, okay, Beth again. Yes. Yeah, thank you for your wonderful presentation. Um, mm -hmm. Did, so, so you learned Spanish Braille also? And uh, Japanese Braille, you said? I'm currently learning Japanese Braille. I learned Spanish Braille about five years after I lost my vision because I know Spanish from high school and from living in South Texas for about eight years and right. realized that I really wanted to be reading Spanish again. Um, and Spanish audio is not as easy for me. It's often different accents, and I know Mexican Spanish, so... I didn't really like the audio and I was like, I was still want to read. So I learned the Spanish. It was actually pretty easy. Um, if you know Spanish, yeah, the accents is. are really all you need to know. Um, and Japanese and, girl is something I'm working on. 
slowly. Where can you where can you get a a booklet for Japanese Braille? Um, currently, I don't know because I have not found any. Um, as I mentioned, I've been using Duolingo to learn it. So using a Braille display oh. and Duolingo app, which is a way to do other languages as well. Um, for example, Arabic, mm-hmm. Russian, Greek. Those are mm-hmm. on there. Um, and I've actually advised, you know, on Arabic. And then I actually know basic, you know, very br- small amounts of Arabic Braille as well. Um, I was learning through an actually an Indian teacher. Um Mm-hmm. who was doing it through zoom for a little while with me um when she could so i know like i can write because my what? husband was a converted muslim oh i see yeah okay so wow, what, that is that? what does that mean allahu akbar um is basically um allah be with you um it is um no Allahu Akbar would be God is great. Allah is great. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and then like, um, Salam Alaikum would be um, peace be with you. And I can write that as well. Um, but that's really all I know in Arabic realm at this time. You know how oh. to write Assalamu Alaikum? Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Okay. It would take me a little while to remember, but because it, it's been a couple of years, but I, I can picture Allah in my mind. The word Allah. Um, and like Japanese Braille, this is very interesting. Um, languages that are read from right to left in print are not right, read right to left in Braille. They are left to right to allow for computers and um, easy transcript, transcription. So Arabic, uh, Japanese, Hebrew, even though those are read right to left, are read left to right in Braille. Yeah, that is neat. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, thank you very sure. much. Thank you. For and uh, presentation. Uh, how many letters are there in Japanese alphabet? Um, yeah. So in katakana, um, there are, are letter combinations. So like ka, ki, ko, ku, Yeah, ke. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That way. in basic, there's K... Uh, I think there's I, uh, honestly, like, I can't calculate it. Um, <laughs> I know it's hard to say. like okay. K, yeah. uh, R, H, mm-hmm. so five of each of those. Um, but then W only has three, Wa, We, and Wo. So mm. it, it, yeah, I, I'd have to count them. I'd have to say, oh, okay, count them. no, I know <laughs> that's okay, but you can say there's a lot. It's not there just are, 20, yeah, it's, there's it's more. Not 26. Yeah, it's it, it, it because they're combinations um, of uh, letters yeah. and uh, <laughs> consonants and vowels, not just one, okay, one to one. Yeah, that's right. Okay, we'll take last question real quick from Judy. <laughs> Jody, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Hello, uh, mm-hmm. Jewel. What an what an amazing story. Uh, have you ever contacted a school for uh, for the blind in Japan uh, mm. in order to see if you can get more information directly? And also on Clubhouse, there's actually a Japanese guide dog group that meets on Saturday mornings. <laughs> and oh, I'll look into that. It's uh-huh. English and in Japanese, and uh, of mm. course. Uh, Clubhouse is a great way to practice your Japanese too. But mm-hmm. um, I have reached out to. There is a Japanese Braille um, 
I think they call it a commission. Um, it's the it's kind of like the um, the authority on Japanese Braille. I have reached out to them, um, but I'm also like talking to um, the National Library for the Blind NLS um, about um, getting Japanese books in Braille through the is it the Marachina Marrakesh. Marrakesh, thank you. The Marrakesh Treaty, because that's opened up a, a whole new world for people in in um, non English languages. Um, so I am working with them on trying to get Japanese Braille. Um, they do have Japanese audio, but have not got any Japanese Braille yet. So we're working on that. Oh, great, great. Because mm-hmm. that treaty has really opened doors for not just the U.S. but for other countries, um, getting English Braille to the world. It's really wonderful. It is. Well, thank you so much for your Hey, thank you, Jody. Thank you, Jewel. We have reached end of Mm -hmm. the hour, a little beyond that. And I'm glad everybody asked questions and hope everybody enjoyed today's session. So you may send me your feedback via email, shah, S-H-A-H, at eastbaycenterfortheblind.org. All right. So thank you so much. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you, Belinda. Belinda, you didn't have anybody in the clubhouse asking a question, did you? No, sir. Not today. Not okay. All right. Thank you so much. All right. So with that, I'm going to wrap up today's session. And we made it somehow, though we lost Jewel, but we regained. <laughs> you know, it's like paradise lost and paradise. Regained, <laughs> so that worked. And with uh, that, Professor yeah. Shaw, yes, go ahead. I just wanted to say thank you for having me and letting me share my story. Um, oh, you must. And welcome. if and anybody has further questions or would like help learning world languages or music or anything, feel free to reach out through community at acb.org to find me. Okay, terrific. Yes. So, uh, with that, I would like to wrap up today's session. Next Thursday. Terry Nellis is going to have some Braille fun. And the following Thursday, which is August 3, we are going to get a great guest, our guest speaker, that will be Mike Hudson, who is the director of Louis Braille Museum at American Printing House for the Blind. So just mark your calendar for both dates, July 27 and August 3. All right. So again, thank you everybody for actively participating and thank you for joining. I will see you all next Thursday. Until then, you all have a nice weekend weekend. Bye.